Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Oh, hello. Hello, Happy New Year. Thank you so much for being back with me today. This is Better Than Yesterday. This is Osher Ginsberg, and this is a podcast that's here to make your day today better than yesterday. Something you hear on this show and every show is here to do just that. We've been here since 2013, a decade and a bit of podcasting. Yeah, very exciting. If you've never listened to the show before, uh, I'm Osher. I'm a, I'm a TV host. I'm a podcaster. I'm a dad, stepdad. I'm an author. I'm a, what am I currently? I'm a leaf blower. I'm a trampoline jumper. Uh, what else am I doing today? I don't know. I'm packing bags to go on holidays. Thank you very much for everyone that's getting behind the live shows. The live shows are very close, only three weeks away, and we are live at the Factory Theatre in Marrickville, 7 p.m., January 27th. We're doing uh, the first f- couple of Fridays from that, so January 27th and the Fridays of February. It's a live news show, a live satirical news show. So think... I don't know, like Australia doesn't have late night live satirical news anymore. And I wish we did. And we don't. So I'm fucking making a show. And we've already done one test show. We've done a bunch of workshops and one test show. The test show blew the roof off to the point where everyone that saw the video was like, can we please do I'm very excited to the the industry feedback I've had. And so we're just going to go for it. We're just going to pull the trigger and go. I'm shit scared, but it's you got to go. So come along. Tickets are in the uh, show notes of this episode, 7 p.m. Factory Theatre, January 27th in Marrickville. Uh, There are heaps of tickets moving, which is good. We're doing a couple of Fridays in a row. The show will be different every time because it is the news of the day. So you could come every Friday and you wouldn't see the same show twice, but it'll be fuck tons of fun and I'd love to see you because we haven't done live shows in so long and I bloody miss it. So this is uh, this is part four of 23 Ideas for 2023, which is a show, I guess a tradition I started in this podcast right after Wolfgang was born. 20 Ideas for 2020 is how it started. And it was just one episode and now it's become five because they're just getting long. So we've already done one to 15. Let's go from uh, number 16. So if you haven't caught the first 15 ideas, go back and have a listen. They are essentially just opening up to possibility. I love possibility because when you question a situation and look for possibility or fascination, then you have plenty of options. If you look at a situation with fear or reluctance, you have one option, which is no. 
and fuck that. So here we go. Possibility number 16. Now, as someone who's about to knock their house down, well, not about to, but at some point, Audrey and I are going to knock our house down and hopefully build another one on top of this place. I'm aware that this one might come back and bite me in the ass. Who knows? Demolition and construction waste. Did you know demolition and construction waste is about 44% of the total Australian waste stream? That is a huge amount. Just around 70% of that is recycled. However, that 30-something percent more that is not recycled is still millions of tonnes of waste from building buildings and constructing buildings and homes and other things. Raw materials that could otherwise be building more homes and buildings and overpasses and whatever, but they're all ending up in landfill. Think about the energy that has gone to create these raw materials and now it's just going back in the ground. So wouldn't it be interesting if the calculation that your quantity surveyor makes for your DA, that calculation is used to supply a figure for the total cost of waste disposal of the project if it was not to be recycled, okay? So the cost essentially to the environment, to the community of that waste being dumped into landfill. Once you hit go, the builder pays to the council that figure in a lump sum. And every time that builder gets a receipt and evidence of what was recycled, how many tons of whatever got recycled, they get some cash back. So the, ultimately, the more you recycle, the more of that money gets back. Now, obviously, waste disposal is a cost to any project. That's why you see skip bins out the front of anything that's getting built. However, the interesting thing about this, I guess, is that the people who are running the site, if it's an owner builder or the building contractor, they are incentivized, very incentivized, to make sure that every single tradie on site is putting the right thing in the right skip, uh, even though often copper tubing is a thing that vanishes. <laughs> the copper wire <laughs> vanishes, doesn't it? Oh, number 17, 23 ideas for 2023. Wouldn't it be fascinating if national safety standards for vehicle-to-home EV inverters were given an absolute priority. Now, what I'm talking about here is, you know, have we have your solar panel on your roof and you have the inverter on the wall of your house, which then changes the DC to AC, which we use inside the house. So that's just an inverter, okay? So there's a similar inverter that can go from the battery in my car, my Nissan Leaf, that can go into my house and power my home from the battery in my car. Now, this tech has existed overseas for more than a decade. More than a decade, this has been available. However, here in Australia, we are at the back of the pack. There's a few very small trials that have been running, but it's just like a PV inverter off your roof uh, for your solar. It's a switch that protects the grid as much as it protects you because electricity is a little like a glass, essentially, a glass of water that's very, very, very full. If you put too much into it, it'll spill over. So from the earliest mass-produced EVs, the Nissan Leaf, like the one that I drive, after the 2011 Fukushima earthquake, people were able to use the power stored in their car batteries to keep the lights on, provide medical help and more. That was 12 years ago. And in Australia, we still do not have this technology. Well, it's not that this technology hasn't been developed. It's just the safety standard hasn't been written for it or hasn't been approved. Why? I don't understand why. As far as I understand it, the, the technology just needs an electrical safety standard written for it. That's it. Now, I'm sure the safety standards exist in other countries where this technology is deployed, so we wouldn't have to start this standard from scratch. 
However, that we do not have this as a priority as one of the many things preventing us as a country from mass uptake of electric vehicles. Uh, please get it done. Wouldn't it be fascinating if I could use the 63 kilowatt hours of power in my driveway to run my air conditioner during the day from the power that I bought off peak at night? Way cheaper, please. It would, I don't have solar in my home, but I can buy power overnight far cheaper than I can buy it in the day. So in peak hour, I can use the battery in my driveway to power the air conditioner that helps Wolfie get to sleep. Come on, let me do it, please. Okay, number 18. Now bear in mind that I, I do sit on the board of directors of We Ride Australia, so there's a, I've got skin in the game here. Wouldn't it be fascinating if we prioritised cycling infrastructure that crosses council boundaries? I was just in Brisbane and there's, an amount, there's one city council in Brisbane. I think it's one of the biggest city council areas in the world. It is colossal. You can ride your bicycle from St. Lucia University to Logan and pretty much never cross a street. The, the recycling infrastructure in Brisbane is, is astounding. However, in a city like Sydney, particularly if you've ever ridden, I don't know, from the inner west into the city of Sydney, so you're crossing council boundaries essentially. So the idea, wouldn't it be interesting if every time a bike path crosses into another council, say from Marrickville City Council into Sydney City Council, the federal government comes in to pay for the connection of those two bicycle paths, all right? So if you've ever ridden from like maybe the inner west into the city of Sydney, what I was just talking about, over the years, the bike route moves and changes and has these gigantic and quite dangerous chasms from where there aren't really the funds to create a safe way for bicycles to get from one side of the road to the next bike path across a major intersection. So near our home, as we cross out of Waverley Council into Randwick Council, there's a bike path or a bike lane, essentially. It's not a path, it's just a lane right in the door zone, which sucks, but it's at least it's a lane. And it vanishes about 100 metres before a very bus-heavy roundabout and then a terrible downhill blind corner intersection on the other side of which starts a pristine brand new two-lane separated bike path to start your journey into the city. To link those two pathways would mean a massive upgrade of two intersections on both sides of a council boundary. So if the feds step in to fund it, the chances of it happening are far, far higher. Safer access to cycling means less cars on the road less pressure on public transport, less traffic, happier employees, wildly greater economic impact for businesses who aren't in shopping malls. Like the evidence is so clear. Wouldn't it be interesting if that happened? All right. Boy, I've been talking for ages. Okay, number 19, and then I'll leave you for this week. <sighs> number 19, 23 ideas for 2023. Wouldn't it be fascinating if we started to look at dumb fat dad in TV commercials, like we looked at Simple-Minded Housewife from 80s TV commercials, all right? You look at some of the 80s TV commercials, you ought to be congratulated, like it's, it's grim, all right? But that is what we looked at. That is how our community looked at women and the value of women in society. You can't be what you can't see. And if the only version of fatherhood that we see on TV ads is an overweight bloke who forgot the insurance, who bought the wrong thing, who made a mistake, you name it, you know it. If that's the only version of fatherhood that we see, what are we showing the fathers of Australia as this is the standard at which you are expected to raise yourself to? 
hands down, the best version of modern fatherhood on television anywhere in the world is Bandit Healer. Now, I for one am thrilled about that, but is it good enough? Probably not. If you're a creative director for an ad agency, show us that. Show it that in human form. Charlie Clawson and I started DadPod, one of the other podcasts that I do, because the model of fatherhood we see on Australian TV, both in drama, in scripted television or film, and also in TV commercials, is probably a long way from the kind of father that I would like to be, and for many of the people that I know who are fathers would like to be, and many fathers in Australia would like to be. And I'm talking about any Australian from any cultural background. Now, why is this important? Well, it's fucking important. For my money, you cannot talk about youth crime. You can't talk about any kind of antisocial behavior in young people without talking about parenting. There's always going to be exceptions, absolutely. But I'm not telling anything. I'm not telling you anything you don't know when you think about what power a single parent or a set of parents that takes their job of raising a child seriously has. Raising that child to be a person who will end up being a wonderful school friend, a great student, a great co-worker, a great boss, a great person of authority, even just a great stranger that you meet on the street one day. Now, you can become all of those things without great parents. There are plenty of people that are. Great parents make great people. And by parents, I mean like Audrey's a single parent. She raised Georgia by herself until Georgia was 10, right? Great parent, and Georgia's amazing when I met her. Great parents make great people. A person who is a parent who is great makes a child who is a human who is great. There you go. Great people make a school, a workplace, a pub, a gig, traffic, a party, an entire country great. So let's show our country what a great parent looks like. Great mums have been on, thankfully, great mums have been on Australian television in commercials. And I say commercials because that's the, sometimes it's the most influential uh, thing in our community sometimes. So great mums have been in Australian commercials for a long time. But let's see great dads. Come on. Dumb fat dad, I'm stoked for you, buddy. You, you're making heaps. There's like two actors that do it, all right? And they make a heap of cash. You're good on them. There's room for got my shit together, great parenting dad, dad. Let's get that happening, please. I'll buy what they're selling. <laughs> Christ, that's only 15 minutes. Okay, I'll leave you be. I'll be back next week with the final three, the 23 ideas for 2023. Please get around the tickets for the live shows. It'd be so good to see you again. It'd be great to do some gigs. Oh, fuck, I miss being on stage. It'd be awesome to see you. The team's great. The cast is great. It's a great fun show. We're out by 8 p.m. We have to stop because there's a band that comes right on at 8 p.m. and the noise will be so big it'll drown us out. So don't worry. It's an early night. You can get dinner downstairs and some food trucks at the factory theater or you can just scoot into Newtown, which is literally 800 meters away and um, go get some amazing food in Newtown, which is thankfully uh, showing Australia that there is some nightlife left in Sydney. <sighs> Listen to the story. Thanks very much to everyone that helped me uh, make this today. Bruce Deal on research and support. Andy Ma on audio post-production today. Toe Hyder on the music and uh, Rachel Barrett, uh, my executive producer. And uh, how shall I put this? Space Explorer. She's amazing. Get your tickets there in the show notes. Until I see you next week, keep breathing. Bye for now.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.